Hello, welcome back to MLEX's weekly podcast covering regulatory developments around the world with our team of reporters. I'm James Paniki from MLEX's Asia-Pacific team. It's great to have your company. Well, whether or not GIFs feature in your day-to-day communication, the small video loops used to brighten up messages are big business. So much so that in May, the social media giant Facebook acquired Giphy, that's G-I-P-H-Y, and it's a company that is a GIF database and search engine. The deal was worth a reported $400 million. It's now a done deal, and it wasn't put forward to regulators for review. And in a more innocent time, that wouldn't have raised too many eyebrows. Today, though, regulators are starting to take notice. In the course of the past few weeks, we've written about regulatory moves in Australia, the UK and the US, all of them pointing to a level of disquiet over the deal. And just a very quick linguistic parenthesis, I realise there are those in the US who pronounce it GIF, not GIF with a hard G, but we'll stick to GIF today for the benefit of a wider audience. And we're joined now by Joshua Sisko, MLEX's San Francisco-based chief antitrust correspondent. Uh, Josh, let's take a few steps back. What is Giphy and how is it used? Uh, Giphy is essentially a uh, search engine for GIFs, those uh, sort of moving photographs uh, of memes and other jokes that people pass around the office on twitter text messages uh dumpster fires mariah carey and the like uh, those are those are gifts <laughs> and and this is clearly not part of facebook's core business i mean facebook doesn't produce gifts itself so why would the social media platform be interested in buying this company yeah so so facebook facebook is the communications platform you can think of gifts as sort of the la- as a language um, you know, they're, they're incredibly commonly used um, to, you know, express, you know, any number of different feelings and they're used throughout the Facebook platforms and they're, you know, it's, they, Facebook doesn't make gifts, they don't produce them themselves, but it's pretty symbiotic with, uh, with, with what Facebook is offering. Now, why would this be an issue for antitrust regulators in the U.S., given that there's no overlap between the two companies? So is it a regulatory matter at all? Well, a few years back, it might not have been given a second thought. Um, but now there is a groundswell of concern around Facebook and, uh, and other large technology companies like Google and Apple and Amazon uh, buying up startups before they can become a competitor, sort of this idea of killer acquisitions uh, of nascent competitors. And Giphy is sort of seen in that context at this point. Um, there's all, there's a couple other reasons where it could draw concerns as well. I mean, Facebook uh, will get an, you know, an enormous amount of data, user data from Giphy. And Giphy is used in a number of uh, competing platforms uh, for Facebook, like other messenger services like Slack, um, other social networks like Twitter. Uh, so Facebook now owns a service that is embedded in its competitors. And so the fear around that is that Facebook would be able to see, you know, get access to competitively sensitive information that it might not otherwise get. A few years back, it bought a uh, VPN company called Anavo that has since shut down. But that was sort of designed to help uh, users sort of measure the band- their bandwidth usage. And it also gave um, Facebook a pretty deep view into its competitors. And, you know, it used it's been pretty open. The company's been pretty open about it, but it used uh, Anavo to sort of 
gauge what its next uh, acquisitions would be, you know, sort of as like a competitive intelligence. And there's fears around that with uh, Giphy as well. Um, I mean, Facebook, of course, would say, well, we have, you know, enormous amounts of data. That's what, one of the main criticisms of us. Why would we need Giphy to gather competitive intelligence uh, on our competitors? Uh, but there is, you know, there's a lot of concern over the monopoly power of these large tech companies. And I think uh, it seems pretty, uh, it's not surprising that antitrust agencies are, are interested in this one. Uh, you mentioned killer acquisitions in passing, and we should just repeat for those unfamiliar with the term that that is when a, a dominant company buys a startup or a fledgling nascent company that has yet to pose a competitive threat, but might do so a bit further down the track. Uh, this is clearly part of this discussion. Everyone always mentions, you know, Facebook's 2012 Instagram acquisition is a good example of this. This is also an issue in the United States, but would the FTC or regulators reviewing this kind of thing, would they have the, the tools that they need to stop a killer acquisition? Well, there is a, you know, a pretty uh, heated debate around that right now. Um, there's always you know, a monopolization theory that could be brought against a company that they are buying a startup in order to monopolize a particular market. Um, here, that might be a little tricky. Uh, you know, there's other platforms for GIFs. Google, in fact, owns the, the Giphy's main competitor. They bought a company called Tenor in uh, 2018. So there's definitely competition in the GIF market. Um, but I think it would go beyond that in the sense of, you know, this is a this is a small company that Facebook is trying to sort of add on to its, you know, already like wide array of social media offerings. And it's just one more sort of step towards that, uh, you know, dominance. Yeah. And I should say also um, one of the reasons for Facebook's purchase of Giphy is that they're saying it's all they already account for about half of Giphy's traffic already and like and it's gonna it's gonna roll the company into instagram it's going to become part of the instagram product and and instagram according to facebook you know is has a quarter of Givy's traffic and what is the state of play with the ftc's interest in the deal we should make it perfectly clear that the deal is is over it's a done deal but there is still a degree of interest on the part of the regulator in the U.S., and you've written about that. What uh, What is that all about? Well, they're trying to talk to third parties and get a sense of what the concerns are. Um, some of those concerns, like we like we talked about, where Facebook's uh, you know the window that they get into their competitors, the data they get from people searching for gifts on other platforms. There's also the concern about whether that's been expressed to the FTC about whether or not third parties will continue to have access to Giphy. Facebook has said it's not planning on cutting off access in any way, but I think regulators want to run, do run down those concerns independently. They don't tend to trust the companies at face value. The deal is closed. You can't separate it out from the conversation around, you know, the monopoly power of large tech companies. So even if there doesn't turn out to be an issue with a specific deal, it's kind of hard to see a world right now where, you know, antitrust agencies don't at least run it down and sort of, you know, see whether there is a problem. But um, but Josh, does that, does that amount to real regulatory risk? I mean, could 
this deal still come undone or is it too late to unscramble the eggs? Oh, no, they could absolutely unwind the deal. If they found it to be uh, a competitive, uh, if they found it to be any competitive, they could absolutely unwind the deal. And in fact, you know, they're not the only agency that's investigating the deal. I think the DOJ has also you know, expressed interest in reviewing. So the FTC and the DOJ would have to work that out as to which agency would, you know, you know, get uh, get that territory. But there's other uh agencies in other jurisdictions, uh, the UK and Australia. And I think uh, Facebook has promised to keep the company separate, to sort of keep the assets separate. And I believe there's been a freeze order in the UK to keep the assets separate. So if there was a competitive problem here, there's absolutely a remedy that they could just sort of cleave it off and make them unwind the deal. Finally, Josh, on the vexed issue of pronunciation, you've clearly gone down the GIF path and Giffy. Do you have any sympathy for those who are saying GIF? No, I don't think so. I think I think it's clearly <laughs> GIF. Um, I think, you know, <laughs> Jiffy is monstrous. Um, I would never say it. I, I mean, I believe the, the, the founder of the technology says, says, uh, says GIF and, and would, uh, Jiffy, but uh, there's also a, a peanut butter brand called GIF, and, and I think we'd want to keep those separate. Josh, it's been great talking. Speak again soon. Yeah, thanks, James. Thanks a lot. Joshua Sisko is MLEX's chief antitrust correspondent, and he was speaking to me from San Francisco. Listening into that conversation from London is Victoria Ibitoye, an MLEX reporter covering M&A. Now, Victoria, uh, as I mentioned in the intro, the UK's Competition and Markets Authority is looking into this deal. In fact, you had the scoop on this last week. Uh, Do we know what part of the deal may have caught the regulator's attention at this stage? Yeah, so um, pretty much the areas that Josh has mentioned, um, the CMA is likely to be concerned about um, the deal's impact on data and particularly that it will give Facebook uh, this inside look um, into how its competitors use Giphy um, and also potentially just concerns that this is another example of a killer acquisition and it will allow um, Facebook to get rid of a potential future um, competitive threat. And what defence is Facebook likely to run on this? Yeah, um, Facebook is likely to argue that this deal, um, because it doesn't actually have a Giphy offering at all, um, it's just a straightforward case of vertical integration. And because of that, it it doesn't give rise to competition issues. Um, I think there's a lot of discussion about the way that um, tech companies use data. And I would imagine that from for Facebook's part, um, it it perhaps uh, believes there's some uh, disinformation about the way um, that its acquisition of Giphy will actually give it access um, to how to how its competitors use data. Um, but that's that's all subject um, that's all subject to debate, um, and it's of course something that the Competition Markets Authority might might not necessarily agree with. And as Josh uh, mentioned a bit earlier on, the CMA has imposed a freeze order. Look, for those unfamiliar with the expression, what does that what does that entail? Yeah, so so formally they're called initial in, interim enforcement orders, um, and essentially what it means is that the two companies cannot make any corporate changes while the CMA is probing its deal. So as this deal, um, Facebook has already acquired Giphy, um, it won't be able to say. Uh, incorporate any of Giphy shareholders onto its board or 
um, start making changes that you would assume a company would make as a result of having acquired another. So the two companies, at least from the CMA's perspective, are completely separate. And what, if anything, does the CMA's interest in this deal tell us about the way in which the regulator is scrutinising digital mergers? So the CMA has been very, very um, vocal about the need to better, the need for competition authorities to better regulate the largest tech companies. Last year, its chief executive, Andrew Cicelli, um made several speeches in which he basically said, you know, competition authorities have been asleep at the wheel. Um, he noted that the world's, five of the world's biggest tech companies, Apple, Google, Facebook and Amazon, and Microsoft among them had acquired more than 400 businesses over the past decade and only a handful of those had attracted any competition scrutiny um, and none of them were blocked. So last year the CMA commissioned a report um, by Italian consultancy uh, called LIA and it essentially looked at several deals that the CMA's predecessors, the Office of Fair Trading and the Competition Commission had looked at Um, and that report found that past reviews had been too fearful of uncertainty um, credible competition concerns were, dis- concerns were dismissed. Um, and since then, we've really seen the CMA be a lot more dynamic in its assessment of the counterfactual, um, So, which is what would have happened if the merger hadn't occurred. Um, so it started to, um, particularly in digital deals, look a little bit more closely um, about an acquirer's intentions, um, particularly if the uh, value of the deal is reportedly a lot higher than it um than its market value and it has just essentially been a lot more skeptical of these digital deals. And is this skepticism directed at what Josh was referring to before as you know killer acquisitions, acquisitions of uh, small startups that have yet to fulfill their potential or is it broader than just those uh, those specific that specific category of acquisitions? Yeah, very much. It's very much in line with what um, Josh mentioned earlier, and it does seem to be a fear of competition authorities that in the past they've been unable to judge these companies that at the time of acquiring were somewhat small, but would later emerge as an actual competitor in their own in their own right. So Josh mentioned Facebook, Instagram, that is very much an example that's often floated in the UK as well. There's a deal that competition regulators got wrong. And I think that in this case, it is it is a concern that this could be a killer acquisition or it could be a deal that sees um, a larger company get rid of a company that could fu- in the future uh, pose more of a significant threat to its business. Now, the backdrop to this decision, as you've just mentioned, is that the CMA has arguably become uh, increasingly activist in recent months. Uh, It's made some controversial decisions to block deals and it's um, called in deals uh, thought to have uh, escaped uh, its jurisdiction. We should point out to non-European listeners that uh, EU national governments tend to take a back seat on these types of global tech deals with the EU Commission doing all of the heavy lifting. But given that the UK has left the EU, we are talking about a, a, a changing landscape in a way. So our recent developments... Uh, a sign of what's to come once the Brexit transition period ends? Yes, it it certainly looks that way. Um, So the UK um, is set to leave the EU officially when the transition period ends at the end of this year. Um, And then the CMA will be responsible for many deals that are currently looked at by the European Commission. 
Um, I think the CMA has actually previously said it expects to review about 30 to 50 extra merger cases a year um, after Brexit. So um, in recent months, we've seen the CMA be a lot more interventionist in the way that it calls in deals. And it's it is it does appear to be signalling how it plans to move forward um, after Brexit. So the CMA has actually looked at several deals already that its European counterparts haven't looked at. Um, most recently, uh, PayPal iZettle, Sabre Fair Logics. Um, and this is largely because the CMA um, has a somewhat unique test for jurisdiction. Um, so the first is pretty much straightforward and in line with many other competition authorities, and that is that it, um, if the acquired revenue of the two companies exceeds £70 million in the UK, then the CMA can call in that deal. But its second test is slightly more controversial. And this is when um, the two parties um, involved in the deal supply or acquire at least 25% of the same goods or services in the UK, and the merger increases that share of supply. So it's known as the share of supply test. And the reason why it is a bit controversial is because the CMA uses the test quite flexibly. So um, typically and recently, we've seen it define that reasonable goods or services in the UK quite loosely. Um, and it, it can sort of carve out whatever it deems to be the relevant market to meet that threshold. Um, and it's something that is it is currently somewhat at threat um, because the CMA recently blocked a deal um, of airline technology company Sabre's acquisition of Fairlogics last month and Sabre is actually appealing um, the block to the competition appeal tribunal on that specific point because it believes that the CMA used its share of supply test incorrectly um, given that Fairlogics makes sells no products directly in the UK so it is it's a test that is interesting because it allows the CMA to look at a lot of deals that other competition authorities will not look at. And if it is the modus operandi and if the Competition Appeal Tribunal does say that this was correctly used, it means that after Brexit, we can expect the CMA to look at these deals even more so. Okay, so that is the big picture. That's the backdrop against which the Facebook Giphy deal is being assessed. What are the next steps in that uh, that uh, Giphy acquisition on the part of Facebook? Yeah, so the CMA has yet to officially start the clock on its probe. All it's done ha- is that it's issued an initial enforcement order, a freeze order, preventing the companies from um, merging, and it has asked third parties to submit views. So the next stage will be officially starting its its investigation. And once the CMA does that, it will have 40 working days to complete the first stage of its merger review. Um, so what it will be looking for is whether the deal gives rise to a realistic prospect of a substantial lessening of competition Um, and if it does believe that it gives rise to that and Facebook and Giphy fail to offer concessions to address its concerns the deal will enter an in-depth probe which will go on for much much longer. Victoria thank you very much for your time today and for all of your reporting on this deal let's talk again soon. Thanks very much. Victoria Ibitoye is a London-based MLEX reporter covering M&A. And just as a footnote to this uh, conversation, we should point out that last week, Australia's competition regulator, the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, also announced a probe into Facebook's Giphy acquisition. In an interview with MLEX, the ACCC's top official, Rod Sims, raised the prospect of a Trojan horse scenario 
in which Giphy could be used to supply Facebook with data on the social media platform's rivals. So there are clear parallels there with a conversation underway in other jurisdictions as well, as we've just heard. And as our readers know, Sims has been outspoken on the issue of killer acquisitions and has said repeatedly that he already has all of the powers required to stop them. But our reporting has also covered the ACCC's M&A vicissitudes in Australia's courts, of which there have been many in recent years. Now, convincing the federal judges that a startup that poses no competition threat today may develop into tomorrow's Instagram or uh, WhatsApp is perhaps the greatest challenge on the horizon for the ACCC. And we've posted links to this and other reporting on the Facebook Giphy deal to the sunny side of the MLEX paywall. And that's all we have time for today. We'll be back in your podcast feed next Friday with more news from our team of reporters around the world. I'm James Paniki, MLEX's Asia-Pacific Senior Editor. Thank you very much for your company. Bye for now. Bye for now.